This hearing will come to order. Let me welcome you all to today's Senate Foreign Relations uh, hearing for nominations. I apologize for being late. I was at a, introducing a fellow Coloradan to head the National Institute of Standards and Technology in Boulder, Colorado, right before this committee hearing. So thank you for uh, the indulgence uh, that I apologize for being late. Uh, the nations of Vietnam and Timor-Leste are important partners for the U.S. in the Asia-Pacific region. Since the establishment of diplomatic ties in 1995, Vietnam and the United States have enjoyed a robust and fast-growing relationship. The United States is now Vietnam's second-largest bilateral trading partner. Common security challenges in the region have allowed for steady growth of our security partnership. President Trump and Prime Minister Nguyen reaffirmed and committed to strengthen these ties during the Prime Minister's visit to Washington on May 31st. Vietnam will host the 2017 Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation APEC Leaders Summit in November, a momentous occasion for the country. The White House has announced that President Trump plans to attend the APEC summit, which will be a critical show of leadership from the United States. I sincerely hope that the President's trip will go as planned. Timor-Leste is one of the youngest nations in the world, having gained its independence only in 2002. It's an emerging democracy, and in 2017, they held presidential and parliamentary elections that were widely recognized as free and fair, an encouraging development. It's my hope that the nominees before us today, if confirmed, can advance these partnerships to benefit U.S. national and economic security. And with that, I'll turn it over to my colleague and ranking member, Senator Markey. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, very much. Thank you for having this hearing. Um, and uh, today we are considering the nominations of two outstanding diplomats to represent the United States in Timor-Leste and uh, Vietnam. Ms. Ms. Fitzpatrick and Mr. Crittenbrink, uh, we thank you and your families for your years of service representing America abroad as members of the Foreign Service. If confirmed, you will embark on diplomatic missions to two very important emerging countries. In 2002, Timor-Leste became the first new sovereign state of the 21st century and joined the United Nations and the community of Portuguese language countries. Today it seeks full economic integration into uh, the Southeast Asia region as it continues its economic and political growth. It is very important that the United States continue to support it on this path. The Vietnam-United States relationship has a difficult history, as we are reminded this week by Ken Burns' documentary broadcast on PBS. But remarkably, just over 40 years after the end of the Vietnam War, we have not only normalized relations but have developed an expanding relationship that includes economic, political, and security cooperation. It is critical that we continue to build this relationship for the mutual benefit of both the American and Vietnamese people. At the same time, we must continue to strongly urge the Vietnam government to meet international standards with respect to human rights and democratic governance. I have every confidence that if confirmed, each of you will perform uh, your mission with distinction. Uh, please do not uh, question uh, whether or not we appreciate the service that career diplomats uh, play in the uh, representation of our country. We thank you, Mr. Chairman, very much, and uh, yield back the balance of my time. Thank you, Senator Markey. Our first nominee is Mr. Daniel Cretenbrink of Virginia. Mr. Cretenbrink is a career member of the Senior Foreign, uh, Senior Foreign Service Class of Minister Counselor and has served as an American diplomat since 1994. 
currently serves as the senior advisor for North Korea policy, so currently serves as a senior advisor at the State Department. Uh, Mr. Kreutenbrink has previously served as deputy chief of mission in Beijing and has also served as a senior director at the National Security Council. Thank you, you and your family, for your willingness to serve. And we will begin with your testimony first. And our next nominee, who we'll turn to after that, of course, is Kathleen Fitzpatrick of the District of Columbia. And Ms. Fitzpatrick is also a career member of the Senior Service, uh, Senior Foreign Service, Class of Minister Counselor, and has uh, served as an American diplomat since 1983. She currently serves as the Principal Deputy Assistant Secretary in the Bureau of Intelligence and Research at the Department of State. Thank you, you and your family, for your willingness to serve. And Ms., uh, Mr. Crittenbrink, we'll bring in, begin with you. Good morning. Thank you, Chairman Gardner, Ranking Member Markey, and members of the committee for the honor of allowing me to testify before you and for considering my nomination by the President to be the next United States Ambassador to Vietnam. I'm deeply grateful for the confidence that President Trump and Secretary Tillerson have shown in me. I would also like to thank my wife, Nami, and my children, Mia and Joseph, who are sitting right behind me, for joining me today. Their love has been a constant source of support and encouragement without which I would not be here. It's always been my dream to serve my country, and I've been privileged to do so as a Foreign Service officer since 1994. I've spent most of my career in Asia. I know how critical this dynamic region is to U.S. interests. Few countries highlight the impact of consistent, creative U.S. engagement more than Vietnam. That's something I've witnessed firsthand, including during three official trips to Vietnam and during my overseeing the negotiation of two bilateral joint statements with Vietnam in 2015 and 2016. Over the last 40 years, the U.S.-Vietnam relationship has undergone a profound transformation. Thanks to the efforts of successive U.S. administrations, the Congress, veterans, the business community, and members from among the more than two million Vietnamese Americans, Vietnam has become a valuable and strategic partner. If confirmed, I look forward to working closely with the Senate to advance American interests and build upon the already strong ties between the United States and Vietnam, including in the following areas. First, security. Our two countries have expanded security cooperation, including U.S. support to strengthen Vietnam's maritime security capabilities as part of our shared interest in upholding international law and resisting coercion in the South China Sea. We're also helping Vietnam build capacity to become a more active contributor on the regional and global stage. We're encouraging Vietnam to continue its active role within ASEAN, and we support Vietnam's planned contributions to UN peacekeeping missions. The United States and Vietnam have also increased collaboration on preventing North Korea from threatening the region through its nuclear and missile programs. If confirmed, I will continue this vital work. Second, trade and investment. Bilateral trade with Vietnam has grown exponentially, increasing from $451 million in 1995 to $52 billion in 2016. Last year, Vietnam was America's fastest growing export market. U.S. investment in Vietnam has grown to $1.5 billion. Yet challenges obviously remain. If confirmed, I will work to boost U.S. exports and expand trade and investment ties. I will also advocate for a level playing field for U.S. companies and investors. Third, human rights. There has been some progress in Vietnam in human rights and religious freedom, due in no small part to congressional engagement and a productive bilateral dialogue on these issues. However, the trend over the past 18 months of increased arrests, convictions, and harsh sentences of activists is deeply troubling. If confirmed, I will continue to advocate for human rights and religious freedom and for the need to make progress in combating trafficking in persons. I will stress to Vietnam's leadership that progress on these issues is critical to enabling our partnership and Vietnam itself to reach its fullest potential. Fourth, people-to-people -people ties. 
The bonds between the American and Vietnamese people are strong and growing. More than 21,000 Vietnamese now study in the United States. Over 80,000 Vietnamese visited the United States last year, and over half a million Americans visited Vietnam. The new Fulbright University of Vietnam and the Peace Corps program in Vietnam will serve as the bridge to our brighter future together. Fifth, humanitarian and war legacy issues. Providing the fullest possible accounting for US personnel missing from the Vietnam War era remains our solemn obligation. And we must not stop until that work is complete. Since 1993, the United States has contributed over $103 million to mitigate threats posed by unexploded ordnance. We've invested nearly $115 million in the remediation of dioxin contamination in Da Nang. Our cooperation on these issues continues to build a foundation of trust to expand our relationship. And this is just the beginning. Vietnam is an increasingly important partner on other regional and global challenges, including pandemic disease, wildlife and drug, drug traffic, trafficking, and transnational crime. If confirmed, I will work with our exceptional US mission staff to strengthen our partnership with Vietnam and the Vietnamese people. I will also make the safety and welfare of mission personnel a top priority, including by ensuring they have appropriate facilities in Vietnam from which to do their important work. Our goal remains to advance American interests across the board and support the development of a strong, prosperous, and independent Vietnam that contributes to international security, engages in mutually beneficial trade, and respects human rights and the rule of law. Thank you again for considering my nomination. I look forward to your questions. Thank, Thank you, uh, Ms. Fitzpatrick. Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, Ranking Member Markey, members of the committee, Thank you for the opportunity to appear before you today as the President's nominee to become the next U.S. Ambassador to the Democratic Republic of Timor-Leste. I am deeply grateful to the President and Secretary Tillerson for placing their confidence in me to serve the United States in Timor-Leste, a young and promising democracy and friend of the United States. Mr. Chairman, if I may, I'd like to welcome my family, whose support and encouragement has brought me where I am today. With me is my husband, retired Foreign Service Officer Richard Figueroa. I would also like to acknowledge our wonderful daughters, Elizabeth and Alexandra Figueroa. Elizabeth is here today. Alexandra's away at school. Um, also with me are my brothers, Michael and Tom Fitzpatrick, and my sister-in-law, Terry Fitzpatrick. Um, if I may, Mr. Chairman, both of my parents passed away six years ago, but they would have been so proud of this moment. And if I note, my mother's love is always still with us, and my father is a hero in our family. He is a World War II veteran, navigator on B-17s. His plane was shot down coming back from a mission. He was a POW for a year and a half. But his service to country and devotion to family really is a shining example to all of us. If I also may take a moment to send our love to the Figueroa side of the family who are in Puerto Rico and um, St. Thomas with gratitude that they are safe as they face the aftermath of the hurricane. Mr. Chairman, um, Timor-Leste has shown that it is possible for a new country to emerge from years of conflict as a nation succeeding on the foundations of democratic principles. Timor-Leste and the United States share a friendship based on those common values, and our bilateral relations are anchored in mutual respect and admiration. 
As Secretary Tillerson said in a message on Timor-Leste's Independence Day, 15 years of independence is a remarkable milestone, reflecting the resolve and the commitment of the Timorese people to build a new democracy based on respect for human rights and the rule of law. We are committed to deepening ties between the American and Timorese people in the years to come. Mr. Chairman, if confirmed, I will work to fulfill our commitment to deepen ties with a country that has earned our respect and set its own path as a democratic and resilient state. And this has been exemplified in the last several months as Timor-Leste held peaceful, credible, and fair presidential and parliamentary elections, the first without UN peacekeepers. As a democratic country in a strategic neighborhood, Timor-Leste is an increasingly important voice for human rights and democracy, regionally and globally. It is a founding member of the G7 plus fragile states group, sharing best practices on how societies rebuild after conflict. Timor-Leste has also been an important voice on regional issues, including calling for North Korea to abide by UN Security Council resolutions, which they did at the ASEAN Regional Forum uh, in August when Timor-Leste made a statement in that regard. Timor-Leste has also applied to join ASEAN and the World Trade Organization. Our cooperation, whether through USAID, our military-to-military -military engagement, our Peace Corps volunteers, or a new Millennium Challenge Corporation threshold program, will build capacity for stronger democratic institutions, inclusive economic growth, and better security. We have supported Timor-Leste in diversifying its economy bolstering the country's ability to work with the United States on issues of common concern. For example, a coffee cooperative established and developed with U.S. assistance now provides sustainable income for 22,000 of its members. Our growing security partnership with Timor-Leste builds capacity to respond to natural disasters and humanitarian crises, strengthen maritime security, and it deepens the professionalism of the Timorese military and law enforcement. Mr. Chairman, if confirmed, I will work with our team in Dili and Washington, our Timorese hosts, and other international partners to further strengthen our cooperation with Timor-Leste and to advance U.S. interests. I will also work to deepen our outreach to the Timorese people, particularly the large youth population, so that our future ties are built on a strong foundation. If confirmed, I look forward to working with this committee and other members of Congress as we continue to promote our interest in Timor-Leste and the broader East Asia and Pacific region. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for this opportunity to appear before you today, and I am honored to take your questions. Thank you both for your time and testimony, and congratulations again on your nomination and to your families. Uh, again, welcome to the Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, I'll, I'll begin briefly with questions. Uh, broadly speaking in Asia, we seem to have had over the past several decades policies that may reflect the four-year or eight-year tenure of a presidency, but rarely do we have policies that last 10 or 20 years when it comes to an Asia strategy writ large. 
Uh, I've been developing legislation known as the, the Asia Reassurance Initiative Act, which would focus on three areas, talking about economic opportunities and enhancing trade uh, throughout uh, Southeast Asia in particular, uh, talking about ec the security uh, challenges that we face, Asia Pacific Security Initiative, uh, counterterrorism activities, maritime uh, capabilities, training opportunities, and then of course the third leg of the, the stool would be promoting U.S. values, human rights, democracy components. Uh, both of you in the region, uh, what do you think the most important uh, sort of uh, elements of a U.S.-Asia policy uh, to be? Um, Ms. Fitzpatrick. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for that question and for your commitment to the Asia-Pacific region. Um, in that regard, Mr. Chairman, in a new democracy such as Timor-Leste, the newest country in Asia, we will continue, um, if confirmed, I will continue to build on our efforts to strengthen democratic institutions, to build sustainable development and economic diversification, as well as to further strengthen our very vibrant military-to-military -military engagement with Timor-Leste. So those would be my top priorities, as well as to advance our public diplomacy and our outreach to the Timorese people. Mr. Crittenberg. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for your question and also your commitment and support to our uh, interests in the Asia-Pacific. Uh, I think you've summed it up quite well, Mr. Chairman. And when, when I look at the Asia-Pacific, um, I, I, I guess basically I would say we have a, an enduring national interest in a secure, open, and free Asia-Pacific. And I think uh, those are the fundamental interests that, that animate our policies. And, and building on your comments, I would say, in, in Vietnam, I think that means we continue um, to advance policies that support our common uh, interests. We both share an interest in a peaceful, secure, stable Asia-Pacific where differences are resolved peacefully in accordance in international law, and if confirmed, I would work aggressively on those issues, similarly on the, on the economic and trade side. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Mr. Chairman, certainly our values have to remain central uh, to our engagement with the region and with Vietnam in particular. Thank you to you both. Uh, Mr. Krimbrink, we had an opportunity to talk about uh, North Korea in the office, and of course, both of your opening statements referenced North Korea. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, your experience uh, uh, that is your, you know, your background in North Korea, but also your experience as it relates to working with Vietnam to further isolate the North Korea regime using Vietnam's leadership as a way to cut off trade uh, and isolate further uh, trade with North Korea. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, certainly the issue of North Korea and the threat that its uh, nuclear weapons and missile uh, programs uh, present to the region and to the world is a grave national security threat. Uh, and perhaps uh, the most serious national security threat the United States faces today. Um, <clears throat> uh, under President Trump, the United States has made clear uh, that we will not stand idly by in the face of this threat and that we will use all elements of American national power to uh, combat this threat together with our allies and partners in the region. I think particularly in the context of Vietnam, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, I would say that as part of our global pressure campaign, um, to, uh, as you said, isolate North Korea, restrict its sources of funding. Uh, we've had a very constructive and productive dialogue with Vietnam. Um, and together, uh, we share an interest in, in, in curbing the threat posed by North Korea. And if confirmed, uh, I would certainly advance that dialogue further and make it one of my top priorities. Thank you. Uh, the State Department's 2017 Trafficking in Person, the TIP report, uh, ranked Vietnam as a tier two country. Uh, the report described challenges in Vietnam's implementation of 
some relatively new anti-trafficking laws, including uh, the challenges they have facing limited resources, interagency coordination, and victim referral systems. Uh, do you think Vietnam deserved a Tier 2 ranking uh, for the seventh year in a row? And if confirmed, how would you engage the government of Vietnam uh, to address these ongoing anti-trafficking challenges? Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for raising that issue. Uh, I think the issue of trafficking in persons or modern-day slavery is a critically important issue. And, and it is with uh, all countries in the region and around the world. And certainly, if confirmed, I would make it uh, a top priority with Vietnam. Um, I think the uh, assessment that the US government has made in our trafficking in persons report of tier two is accurate for Vietnam. Uh, in other words, I think Vietnam has demonstrated uh, a real commitment to tackling this problem, recognizes the seriousness of it and the importance of it. Uh, but candidly speaking, they fall short uh, of doing uh, uh, the things necessary to actually achieve those goals. Um, I think you've outlined well uh, some of the deficiencies regarding uh, in lack of interagency cooperation, I think lack of resources, lack of capacity, uh, and, and a lack of convictions to date, uh, as well as a delay in implementing their own domestic legislation related to trafficking in persons. If I were confirmed, uh, Mr. Chairman, again, I would make it a top priority. Uh, it would be a, a topic of frequent, frequent engagement both at my level and at more senior levels, and also I would continue to support the various U.S. assistance programs that are also designed to improve Vietnam's capabilities to tackle this challenge. Thank you. Senator Markey. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, just following up on the Chairman's comments, the Human Rights Watch um, has now said that Vietnam's human rights record remains dire in all areas. And in July, a Vietnamese court sentenced a blogger activist to nine years in prison, followed by five years under house arrest for spreading, quote, anti-state propaganda. So this question of human rights, this question of religious freedom is clearly something that is um, uh, still a big part of the culture of Vietnam. So we thank you uh, for the commitments that you've made to the chairman to be there as a voice for a freedom in that country. Um, let me follow up. Viet Vietnam has mounted a series of challenges to China's claims in the South China Seas. Vietnam has been critical of China's reclamation project and has challenged China's maritime claims as well. After the Chinese protested, Vietnam in June suspended a gas drilling project in its exclusive economic zone. The administration's wavering on a South China Sea policy has left Vietnam feeling alone. Uh, Mr. Crittenbrink, while the United States and Vietnam are not treaty allies, what more can we do to reassure Vietnam that we will continue to provide diplomatic support as they legally dispute China's territorial claims? Thank you, Senator, for that uh, very important question. I, I do think that the issues um, in the South China Sea, the maritime issues in the South China Sea, the territorial disputes and the behavior uh, of various states in the region uh, are a critical national interest of the United States and our interests include uh, preserving freedom of navigation and overflight, the peaceful resolution uh, of disputes in accordance with international law, and also free, uh, unfettered, and legal commerce. Um, I think, Senator, the most effective approach that the United States can have engaging with, with Vietnam would be to continue diplomatically to engage with Vietnam to advance the interests that we share in common. Vietnam shares uh, the same interests that we do 
in ensuring peace and stability and preserving the principles that I've just outlined in the South China Sea. They have stated repeatedly so publicly and privately. Secondly, Senator, I think it's in our interest to continue building the capacity of, of Vietnam's Coast Guard uh, and, and other forces so that Vietnam has the ability uh, to maintain domain awareness uh, and uh, advocate its own positions uh, and claims. And I think through um, both our diplomatic engagement, uh, I think our assistance to um, further Vietnam's own capacity, and then I think, Senator, by maintaining our constant presence, mm -hmm. our regular and frequent freedom of navigation operations, we can best support uh, Vietnam and other like-minded partners. In how, how much does Vietnam see the United States now as a counterbalance to China? Do you see that as an increasing and um, continually increasing part of our relationship with them? Uh, I think, Senator, that Vietnam maintains its own very complicated but important relationship with China. Uh, I think Vietnam, like most countries in the region, is looking for a diversified and set, balanced set of relationships in its foreign policy. And I think Vietnam and others in the region look to the United States for leadership for leadership on critical maritime issues, for contributing to peace and stability, and also for promoting economic prosperity. I think the demand signals coming from our Vietnamese friends and other like-minded partners uh, throughout the region are, are very strong. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick, uh, Timor Leste's first president and former prime minister, uh, Guzmar, was in Massachusetts last week to discuss the challenges Timor Leste faces with respect to achieving full sovereignty. Uh, one of the lingering issues he has sought to resolve is the maritime boundary between Timor-Leste and Australia. On September 1st, uh, the permanent court of arbitration brought Timor-Leste and Australia one step closer to a permanent agreement. Once this deal is concluded, it will require significant ongoing coordination and cooperation between uh, Timor-Leste and Australia. How do you see uh, the United States uh, helping this process um, so that a final agreement can be reached and implemented. Thank you, Senator. Um, we, um, we do commend uh, Timor-Leste and Australia for entering into the compulsory uh, compliance mechanism under the UN Convention of Law of the Sea. We support uh, international law and peaceful uh, resolution of disputes. And we also were pleased that Timor-Leste and Australia did announce that they had reached a core of an agreement. Um, while we don't take positions on maritime boundary disputes, um, we do see this first use of this mechanism as, uh, as a possible tool for, for other countries with similar issues. And if confirmed, Senator, I will continue to monitor uh, the agreement and, um, and support uh, efforts to comply and to adhere to international law and peaceful resolution of disputes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Kane. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and congratulations to each of you for your nominations, but also for your long service to the country. These are not easy positions. Uh, I think folks who don't do them think there's a lot of glamour involved, and occasionally that's the case, but there's a lot of moves, sometimes to places you want to go, sometimes to places that are tough. Sometimes your family can be with you, sometimes they can't. I think the nation does a good job of thanking those who are in military service. I, we've, we've grown to be able to do that, and that's smart. We don't often have the same 
expression of appreciation to the many other um, Americans who serve abroad and to their families. So I'm glad your families are here with you and I congratulate you. My colleagues have asked questions I was interested in too. So as a member of, all, of the Armed Services Committee as well, I wanna ask you about the mill-to-mill relationships with, with each country. Um, one of the most powerful photos that I've ever seen in my political life was the docking of the USS John McCain in Da Nang Harbor in August of 2010 with the entire Vietnamese military brass there saluting it, that, that uh, sign of respect uh, following a war that cost 60,000 American lives and somewhere between a million and a half and three million Vietnamese lives that we would be back with a relationship that while it's got its differences is a, is a thriving one, is powerful. And then in uh, the Timorese military in the United States Navy uh, participated in an annual carrot exercise that is focused primarily on, on uh, maritime issues, maritime training. But if you could just, that's the only question I'm gonna ask, if you could each talk a little bit about the mill-to-mill relationships and what you think you might be able to do if confirmed to uh, enhance joint security between our nations. Senator Kane, thank you so much for your question and thank you for your comments. They mean a great deal to me. Um, I think that the US-Vietnam mill-mill relationship has grown together with the rest of the bilateral relationship. And as you mentioned, Senator, I think it's particularly gratifying to see that progress given our painful history. Um, when I think of the bilateral mill-mill relationship, I would think of the following three or four priorities. I think first, uh, would be related to the maritime domain, and I think our U.S. military continues to play an important role in helping um, the Vietnamese Coast Guard and military develop its own uh, capabilities, uh, both to achieve maritime domain awareness and, and, and other capabilities. Uh, I would also uh, add, Senator, that it was uh, gratifying indeed to see the USS John McCain there, and I know over the last year our two sides have announced that we're working towards the visit of a U.S. aircraft carrier to Vietnam, and I think that would be an equally momentous uh, event. And the work on maritime includes both training, provision of assistance, uh, and the like, and I think that has to continue going forward. Um, I think related to that, Senator, um, the U.S. military continues to play an important role engaging with the Vietnamese military to address legacy of war issues, whether that be uh, the continued contamination by unexploded ordnance or uh, remaining dioxin in the country. Uh, this is a U.S. government-wide effort, but certainly uh, the Department of Defense um, uh, is involved and, and uh, plays a role there. And then also, I think, benefits. Our mill-mill relationship benefits a great deal from the work that we do there and the trust um, that we build as a result. And, and the final point that I would mention, Senator, would be uh, the humanitarian work, the humanitarian assistance, disaster relief kind of cooperation and training um, that the U.S. military does with the Vietnamese military. I think those are probably the three key pillars going forward. I think related to that would be the training we're doing to help Vietnam to be able to deploy in support of UN peacekeeping operations. Um, so again, I think it's a robust relationship. If confirmed, those would be uh, the first priorities that I would, uh, that I would promote um, if confirmed. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Kane. Um, the United States and Timor-Leste share an interest in promoting regional peace, stability, and security. And in that regard, we have a very vibrant mill-to-mill -mill relationship. It includes ship visits. It includes several annual exercises a year. It includes annual defense discussions. It includes training for, toward the professionalization of the Timorese military, as well as to enhance their expertise in various areas. 
Um, and there's also uh, another area you mentioned, the U.S. Navy. The U.S. Navy CVs are present in Timor-Leste. They've been there since 2009 on regular rotations every six months. And as part of our uh, humanitarian outreach effort in conjunction with our mill-to-mill -mill engagement, they uh, engage in infrastructure projects. They've done completed about 109 projects, including constructing a hospital maternity ward and other facilities, uh, a new classroom for public schools, repairing water and sanitation facilities, and uh, other, uh, other projects in that regard. And the, the work of the Navy Seabees uh, is sort of a great representative of the United States in Timor-Leste. And although it's not quite mill-to-mill, -mill, I do want to mention our Peace Corps volunteers who are there. And of course, uh, our, embassy, uh, our embassy colleagues who are doing an active effort uh, in public diplomacy, as well as our USAID colleagues. So, sir, those would be the areas that I would very much uh, welcome uh, continuing to support and advance, consistent with the work that I have done uh, throughout my career advancing humanitarian assistance, human rights, as well as security and military to military policy. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Kane. Mr. Grittenbrink, uh, a couple more questions. Uh, the U.S. in 2017, uh, in May, U.S.-Vietnam joint statement did not mention negotiating a bilateral a trade agreement with Vietnam. Uh, that was following the U.S. decision to withdraw from the proposed uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, do you think the administration will be able to pursue a bilateral agreement with Vietnam or should pursue a agreement, and if so, when? Uh, and what do you think our top trade priorities will be with Vietnam going forward? Thank you, Mr. Chairman, for that, that question. Um, I would like to uh, emphasize, Mr. Chairman, that we uh, continue uh, to have an exceptionally important uh, and broad and dynamic trade and economic relationship with Vietnam. Um, given the decision um, that uh, we have made uh, on TPP, the focus of our efforts now um, with Vietnam uh, comes under the rubric of our TIFA, our Trade and Investment Framework Agreement. Um, on a bilateral basis, we are continuing to engage uh, proactively with Vietnam on a, on a broad number uh, of areas related to the economic and trade relationship. As I mentioned in my statement, uh, there are many economic opportunities in Vietnam. Trade continues to grow exponentially, but there are also uh, many challenges that remain as well. So uh, primarily under the TIFA framework, our two sides are proactively addressing uh, several priorities that we think need to be, done, need to be uh, addressed so as to level the playing field, uh, increase market access uh, in a fair manner for U.S. and other foreign firms. I think two issues that I would mention in particular, Mr. Chairman, would be protection of intellectual property rights, uh, which uh, remains uh, a real focus for the administration and a top priority. Um, and the other issue that I would mention would be uh, labor issues. Uh, I think Vietnam has made some progress uh, on labor. I think Vietnam recognizes that it also needs to carry out certain reforms uh, if it wants to be the kind of economy and country that it wants to be. Uh, uh, but these issues are not related just to Vietnam's uh, international obligations on labor. They also play an important part in the trade relationship. So those, those would be two specific areas. And then, of course, there are a whole number of specific issues uh, that we as a U.S. government, uh, as a whole of government, but also our friends at the U.S. Trade Representative in particular, uh, are focused on. Some of those have to do with uh, electronic payments, other market access issues related to some of the agricultural exports to Vietnam. But those would be uh, the priorities. And again, 
Mr. Chairman, I would just say our focus now is on working those issues bilaterally under the TIFA. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Markey, any additional questions? Well, I want to thank you both for your time and testimony today. If there's no other, uh, no other questions uh, from the panel here, of course, so we'll announce that, uh, that the record will remain open until the close of business on Friday, uh, including for members to submit questions for the record. Uh, this is the homework assignment time, so I kindly ask the witness to, witnesses to respond as promptly as possible, uh, and your responses will be made a part of the record. Uh, thank you to, uh, to all of you for your, your service today uh, and your nominations. I wish you the best of luck. Mr. Chairman? Yes. Can I just echo Absolutely, what you're saying? Absolutely, please. These are two outstanding candidates, career and uh, necessary in terms of ensuring that our country is well represented overseas. Thank you. And, and thanks to your families as well for your service as well. Very good. Thank you, Senator Markey. And with that, the committee's adjourned. Thank you so much.